Week Zero Sports coming back at you with episode 17. This is Rivalry Week, guys. We are super excited. Um, I'm Michael. I'm here with my co-host, Petty. Talk to me, Petty. What are we doing this week? Well, you said it, Michael. It's a uh, Rivalry Week, man. We uh, This is the week that uh, everybody looks forward to the end of the year. Um, some people look through, some people hate their brothers. Oh yeah. Some, some people look to it with excitement. Um, some people look to it with sheer panic because they, they have that coworker that is going to make their life miserable for the next uh, year if their team loses. But man, we're going to try to do something a little different this week with rivalry week. We're going, we're going to break down a couple of them and, uh, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Uh, we've done a little research and we're going to try to figure out what, why, Every school hates the other school. And maybe we'll throw out a couple fun facts and, you know, just kind of go down those rabbit holes. A couple jabs. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. It could it could be, we, we've talked about this before the show, it could be uh, really good or an epic failure. So uh, hopefully it's really good. Um, I'm going for the former, sir. We're, we're, we're going to talk a little, mem- our, our own personal memories um, from, from the, 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 this week of the year that comes uh, every football season. Um, and then as always, we're going to break down some, we're going to still break down some games. We're going to do some gambling picks. Unfortunately this week, we're not going to have the, the Darwin or the Saturday morning cocktail or the, um, uh, the, all the fills. We're going to take a week off from that because we're going to really dive into the, the rivalries and the, the game breakdowns and the, the gambling picks this week. Exactly. This is all meat this week, guys. We're going to, we're going to have some fun. Um, you know, those segments will be back to you next week yeah we're definitely going to talk some rivalries this week but before we get into all that let's hear a few words from our founding sponsors the week zero podcast was made possible by our founding sponsors first workspace solutions of charlotte north carolina they provide web design digital media advertising and seo to their clients visit workspacepros.com to find out more our second founding sponsor is DreamWork Financial Group of Birmingham, Alabama. They're a registered investment advisor, personalized portfolios, wealth management. They have Spectre and Tempo funds. Visit dreamwork.financial slash week zero to learn more. Investments involve risks. See website for disclaimers. Our third founding sponsor is Custom Plumbing and Gas Fitters of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. They do plumbing and gas work for new construction and remodel. They're master plumbers and master gas fitters. Call 205-534-2800. And our final founding sponsor, a Real Rock Thin Stone Veneer by Lampstone Company. They provide interior and exterior stone in thick wall and thin stone veneer. Visit lambstone.com slash week zero for more information. All right. And as always, thanks again to those four founding sponsors. Um, if you need rocks, websites, plumbing, or financial advisors, you know who to call. But that's right. my man, Petty. What's going on in Alabama this week? Well, man, uh, I'm back in Alabama. It's uh, not as uh, not as sparkly and as lively as as Las Vegas. There's not as many restaurants to become a glutton at. Did you make it um, back with most of your money? But man, <laughs> man, I did. I didn't. Man, I didn't. Now I didn't just break Vegas. They weren't. They they didn't have their eyes on me by the time I left. But I, I, I we won. We won a little bit while we were over there. And man, everybody looks at me like I'm crazy because they say, "Oh, what did you do it on blackjack or the slots?" Man, I didn't play one slot machine or one blackjack table. Uh, straight uh, sports sports book. Well, that's the only way to fly, dude. I guess you were listening to the Week Zero podcast, taking some notes, and then getting in there and making that that's money, right? right? 
That's right. You weren't paying That's attention right. to our NFL guide. That's for sure. I do have to admit something. I've never placed a bet at a casino. That was my first time doing it. And I ran into the perfect old 80 year old curmudgeon and dude to make it borderline impossible and almost scare me from doing it. At Did all. he say something like, Hey buddy, why don't you just give me half the money you were going to bet? I'll take you out back, <laughs> kick you in the balls. And we'll call it a day. <laughs> it, it would have been about as pain, uh, painful as an experience as he made it anyway. I mean, make it, he just made me feel like a complete jackass, which I appreciated him for, you know. So thank you, old dude at Caesars for my lesson. <laughs> so anyway, Michael, that that's it. That was uh, – we had a good time in Vegas, ate a lot of food, uh, did a little sports booking, um, went to some shows, went and saw the Beatles, Cirque du Soleil. It was magical. Um, ate some more food and then came back. But we're back, man. How's it, North Carolina? Who knows? I'm in the South, baby. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you have um, uh, Vegas has completely made me forget that you you've traveled. I've been uh, completing what I call the winter migration. I've gone from Charlotte over to North Alabama to my farm and hung out for a little while, and now we are in the heart of your birth state, Jackson, Jackson Mississippi. Mississippi, my hometown. The motherland. Yeah, the motherland. God bless you. How are that? Well, how are things in Vina and Jackson? Any? They are as they always are. Vina is a very slow place. I don't know if anyone's ever been there. Actually, I do. No one has. <laughs> but uh, awesome little place. We had a great time uh, hanging out on the farm, and and now I'm podcasting from my brother-in-law's childhood bedroom. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> sounds just as exciting as Vegas, Michael. Shout out to my man Reed for, you know, leaving this place nice and clean when he left, I think. Good on you, Reed. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, you know, it sounds like we both had interesting weeks, but what we've really been doing is focusing on rivalry week. This is probably the greatest week in sports because teams that aren't supposed to win always do. Uh, teams that are supposed to blow people out and go straight to the national championship end up watching the SEC championship from home. A lot of crazy things happen on rivalry week. Um, Petty, I know you have a uh, spot in your heart for a certain rivalry that happens in the mirror image of Alabama state. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's been called the egg bowl for reasons I think we might figure out later, Yeah, but why don't you, uh, why don't you talk to me about since first off, since you're a closet Ole Miss fan on week zero, and obviously I'm a closet Bama fan on week zero. Tell me, tell me something cool about Mississippi this week in honor. Well, I, I'll do that, but I'm also going to give, because you know, I'm also, a, I am an Ole Miss fan, but if you haven't figured this out, I'm really weird. I'm an Alabama grad. So I have some, I have some Alabama stories as well. So I've got an Alabama iron bowl story that I'm going to kick in. So, you're now married into the Egg Bowl, so you've been to the Egg Bowl, correct? I've With- I've participated in uh, two of the last four Egg Bowls in person. Any any from your Iron Bowl take? Any interesting Egg Bowl? I, what's your what's your take of the Egg Bowl coming from such a prestigious rivalry as such as the Iron Bowl? The Grove is fantastic. <laughs> So nothing, nothing from the game that also uh, at both games that I've attended, Mississippi State was supposed to win 
easily, and they did not win in either of those games. So okay. I may or may not be a lucky charm for the Ole Miss Rebels, and I did have an Ole Miss shirt under my Bama shirt while I was at the Bama game. Everybody kept looking at me like, what's your problem? You know, and I'd pull it up and be like, you know, it's still Iron Bowl day, guys, but I got you guys covered in here. So I'm, <laughs> I may be a little bit of a closet Ole Miss fan. Who knows? I got you. I got you. Well, like I said, I know you had been, I know you had been subjected to the Egg Bowl at this point, and, but, you know, wanted to get your take first on that. Here's the thing about the Egg Bowl. Everybody there gives a shit about who wins, and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's electric. It's a, it's fun. And it's like any rivalry, man. And that's why those things can go any direction because everybody cares in those games. And that's what I saw. That's the common thread that I see between all these rivalries that I've attended is that when people give a shit, you've got yourself a very good game on your hands. And that's what I've seen most of the time. Man, that's a good point. And that we didn't even talk about that before the show, Michael, that I, I'll piggyback on to. You know, of course, you've got your bigger bigger games. You've got your your Bama, Auburn, your Ohio State, Michigan. Your you it used to be USC, UCLA. Now it's big. UCLA Cal rivalry week. What the heck is that? One, yeah, once upon a time, Texas, Texas A and M. You know, there's been been bigger Army, Navy, but even in the states like Mississippi, Ole Miss, and and uh, Mississippi State, and Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, Man, there's some there's some pure hatred that that that's deep seated that has some pretty funny stories to it. Where and like you said, you got to see it. You grew up in the state with probably the biggest rivalry, and just going over to a seeing it different. It may be not as big notoriety wise, but man, those those suckers hate each other. And well, if, one of the beauties about rivalries is they extend past all age groups. And I'm going to cover two quick things right here first. It doesn't matter if you're four years old and your rival is the next door town or whatever. Like you'll almost kill yourself to win that game when that one's coming Mm -hmm. up because you know those kids over there. It's crazy, and that will they're going to talk trash, and you don't want to you don't want to hear that trash. Nobody wants to hear the crap all year, and unless you're playing basketball or baseball where you get to play twenty six times a year, you know it's it's three hundred sixty five days. Yeah, football. Yeah, you got you got one shot at it. That's right. Unless you're LSU, and sometimes you get like two months of bragging rights, and then you have to go home to LSU. (laughs) That's not me foreshadowing this year's season either, Petty. Don't get confused. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you. You asked my favorite egg bowl moments. Well, man, obviously the first one I ever went to with with my dad. It was cold and wet, and Ole Miss came out in one color jersey, and it was and they, it was muddy, and they came out at halftime, and like I think they started the game in red, and then they came out at blue at halftime. That was cool. And in '92, uh, there was the big goal line stand, which if you, you wouldn't know that unless you're in the Ole Miss state lore, where Ole Miss held state out of the end zone like 16 straight plays because of penalties and all kind of madness, but. Um, Man, I guess some of the memories are more the craziness with my dad. My dad really hated Mississippi State. And um, like you said, there's some serious passion in those games. And, man, we we had a few almost run-ins with with, with the, the folks in Maroon and my dad's oh, no. day of going to uh, – to going to There's nothing together. better to fight about than a good rivalry. <laughs> oh, well, I uh, – I I, I I was telling you the story. I had we were leaving the '92 Egg Bowl, and I had that's back when Ole Miss fans wave flags that I've now learned are, that are are, are are no good. And I 
I get it. They were smart to get rid of them. But I had a, a group of college state fans threatened to shove mine up my backside. Okay. And my dad had been drinking whiskey all day and didn't think much of state fans. And he completely like charged the car door and tried to rip the door off and threatened to rip them out. And there, there were some words exchanged and they might've said something about whipping his butt and not wanting to tell their mom. He might've said something about knocking their teeth in to make them look like their daddy. And <laughs> it was, it was, a, it was a <laughs> to make them look like their daddy is the key point. And that's what really drives into that whole rivalry moment. Now, is this your number one Ole Miss rivalry moment? Oh, or there man. Some others in there? Sadly, there's, we've got several like that. I don't know how long you want me to ramble, how much time you got. Are you telling me that most of your egg bowl moments have to do with uh, this fight? Not, no, not all of them. We've there's been victories. That's disappointing. The most memorable. <laughs> I mean, how many? I love it. I love it. No, I remember fist fights more than I remember football games. Well, I mean, I remember that that was the same day that Ole Miss had the memorable stand. I, I lost my voice. I remember that was in seventh grade. Most of my school I went to were state fans, and I remember stepping on the bus Monday morning. And walking and wanting to yell, and I couldn't. I was so hoarse and excited. Now, I remember a lot about that game, <laughs> but I do remember my dad, you know, like bull charging a car of college students. So what what this year was, was that again? 1992. 92. A 12-year-old oh, Daniel yeah. <laughs> Petty enjoys the Iron Bowl and a couple small altercations. That sounds yeah, fantastic. There you go. There's, I mean, there's, like I said, there may be a few more, but I'll save those for another day. Hopefully the podcast will go long enough, and I'll – I'll save my other egg bowl stories of. You're going to need one every year for the foreseeable future, Patty. Pe- of, of petty <laughs> insanity. I, oh, I've got one for several years to come. <laughs> well, uh, moreover, we've we've done mine. What's your what's your iron? But any iron bowl moments, Michael? Growing up with the this great. Oh man, I have a I have a lifetime filled with uh, very impactful iron bowl moments. Uh, some of my favorite memories are the iron bowl, and I'll start. With my favorite Iron Bowl memory, I'm sure you guys have seen this no less than 7,000 times in the last couple of years on ESPN. It's the kick six. What a great no. No, absolutely not. Screw that. Just kidding. Sorry. Anyway, I, I'm sorry for getting off on that tangent. Just tired of looking at it, guys. Uh, but moving on, my real favorite Iron Bowl moment was the year of our Lord 2010, Iron Bowl. We're dominating Auburn. I mean, we're up 17 to nothing, then 24 to nothing, and Mark Ingram's running down the field. And I don't know if you guys have been watching Mark Ingram lately, but that dude is a machine. Uh, And he's doing exactly to the Auburn Tigers what he was doing to every team in the NFL in the last few weeks, except for on his way to the end zone, he started windmilling with both hands, fumbled a ball 30 yards out of the back of the end zone, which is a feat in itself leading to the comeback of Cam Newton to win that Iron Bowl. So, again, not my favorite Iron Bowl. That ball rolled straight for 30 <laughs> yards. That, you couldn't do that if you tried amazing. 100 times in a row. It was amazing. But I did I did say those things to give the Auburn guys out there just a little bit of love because y'all have had some great moments too. But my favorite moment in Iron Bowl history for real this time was on November 29, 2008. And one – gubernatorial candidate Tommy Tuberville had taken his team over to Tuscaloosa for a football game. And that would end up being the last game that Tommy Tuberville ever coached against the Alabama Crimson Tide because he was smoked 
31 to nothing. And this is the same Tommy Tuberfield of the uh, Fear the Thumb Fear fame, the thumb. you know. So we lost six or seven games to them in a row. And I feel like that was the year that things turned around in that rivalry. Uh-huh. And uh, it is, fun fact, first win against Auburn since my first junior year in college. <laughs> so, in what junior year <laughs> was this? A lot of facts in that sentence. <laughs> yeah, since your first junior year of college. Since my first junior year of college. Um, Yeah, I rem- man, that was all during my time at the Capstone with you. I, I remember that. I, I remember the thumb. From looking at your face there, I feel like you had some memory spark. Uh, on that one. Man, mine was also from the Tuberville era, but it was when I was living on campus right next to Queen City. And um, okay, it was the Ice Bowl. A lot of people remember this one because it was sleeting. Oh, nine to six, it freezing was like, cold. Nine to yeah, nothing. The nine, nine Auburn to nothing. won nine to nothing. It was 2000. And yeah. I actually spoke about this game earlier in the Week Zero podcast. Yeah. Miserable day of my life. Well, Alagasco had gone up on their – and we had tickets in the student section, obviously. And um, Alagasco had gone up on their gas bill like 40%. And apparently we thought buying liquor and beer was more important. And so Ooh. we didn't pay our heating bill when it came in because it was like 500 bucks or something. I don't know. Something we didn't want to afford. And they turned our heat off. And I remember waking up at like five in the morning because it was so cold in the house. You couldn't sleep anymore and the space heaters weren't doing it. So I trudged out into the wilderness of campus. And if you know the campus, there's, I mean, there are some trees, but the odds of one being down are not very good. Well, it just happens to be within like a hundred feet walk of the house. I found a down tree and I didn't have like a saw or anything to cut it up. So I drug the tree into our house like full tree, and we lit one end of it on fire. <laughs> and as it burnt down, pushed it across. Did you have a fireplace, or was this just like straight up middle of the living room? Well, we didn't have the flue open, and oh yeah, we had a fire. Oh, we had a fireplace, <laughs> but we didn't open the the flue. Uh, it was started smoking out the whole house. Roll tide, right? <laughs> so completely defeated the purpose. Um, <laughs> Well, we didn't ended up not going to the game because we had no hot water to come back to. And I didn't want to go sit in a game that was like literally zero degrees and sleet and ice and then come back to a cold house with a cold shower. It was, man, that's my Iron Bowl memory. People are going to think all my memories have no nothing to do with the games of the Iron Bowl or Egg Bowl. Look, man, I, I, the, I'm sure you remember every last play of that miserable game and how we lost. I hope you were the last person in the stadium with me because when I looked around the student section, there might have been 15 people left. Uh, I'm standing there thinking all we need is a touchdown, onside kick, and a field goal, and we're in this, baby. Yeah, I mean, it was a 9 to nothing <laughs> game. There was no offense on either side. All you had to do was, like, pick up a fumble and return it or something It was crazy. cold. They couldn't even run. Everybody was out there sticking their hands yeah. in their pants trying to keep warm. Terrible, <sighs> terrible time. You know, but, that's one of those things that, you know, you really can't forget. 9 to nothing uh, in your home stadium. So, again, kudos to the Auburn. I feel like I'm a damn Auburn <laughs> fan right now. I do want to prove people I do have memories of like game outcomes. Like I feel like I've talked about just insanity fighting and then burning trees across my living room floor. Like I was a complete more, you know, I mean, the first game I went to Ole Miss won 20, you know, 24 to six and the game that 92, the, the, the brawl almost happened. It was, it was 17 to 10. Ole Miss ended up going to like a bowl game over it. Um, yeah. We've Liberty had some bowl. big ones. 
<laughs> yeah, I think we ended up going right. back to the Liberty Bowl. That was a big deal, man. I didn't understand until I moved to Alabama that going to the Liberty Bowl wasn't good. So as it turns out, going to the Liberty Bowl as a you know middle-income child of the South is pretty good because you might actually be able to afford to drive there. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> went to it. Uh, I actually saw Ole Miss play Air Force in the coldest night of my life. Oh, nice. So I love that you were in pain for the end of this segment because we are about <laughs> to jump into a segment that's the polar opposite of that, and it's called All the Feels. But let's get a word from our sponsors, Lambstone, before we jump right into this. Real Rock Thin Stone Veneer by Lambstone Company. They've been in the stone business since the 50s. They specialize in a natural thin stone veneer that can be used for almost any application. From exterior veneer to veneer inside your home, the possibilities are limitless. Look, don't fool around with the fake stuff. You don't buy your wife a cubic zirconia engagement ring. Get the real thing from the real source, Real Rock Thin Stone Veneer. You can visit them at lambstonecompany.com slash week zero to browse their inventory of Real Rock. And we're back to tell you that there will be no all the fills this weekend because if you can't get the fills from Ole Miss beating that state ass and Bama dominating their way into the playoffs, then don't know what to tell you, guys. Know all the fills. You're going to get your fills on Thursday and Saturday. Yep, your fills are going to come from the turkey and dressing and then the beatdowns. Right. If, of- if you're looking for all the fills this week, look no further than your rivalry game. Yeah, <laughs> then – that's right. And we also need to save a little time for some fun stuff we have coming up. So let's That's jump right. right into the NFL. Talk to me, Petty. What do you think about those Ravens? Man, um, the Ravens are the cheat that I, I it hit me this weekend, and I'm I'm sure I'm late to the party on this, but they were they're the Chiefs of last year. Uh they're the team that you've you gotta watch them now every time they come on because it is a show. And it's completely different where um, Mahomes was scrambling around, throwing it for like 500 yards, which, I mean, you can't, can't, I mean, Jackson did throw five touchdowns. He did, but he had nine passes in the first half. Yeah, he's still doing it so much more with his fit. I mean, he's, those touchdown passes are opening up because he's so dynamic running. Because he's dynamic as a runner and they're like, they're worried about him scrambling. But, I mean, it it helps when you've got someone that's running the ball like Mark Ingram right now, who's in absolute beast mode. I mean... Last night, he ran about a 25-yard middle of the third quarter run and when he stood up, everybody on the opposing team around him was just like laying on their back, holding their head. And I'm like, dude, he's like a bowling ball and they're the bowling fans. It's amazing. And I know this is going to come off insane calling a team that threw five touchdowns one dimensional, but, but it, they're in essence, absolutely they're one dimensional. They're from at the 20 to 20, they're one dimensional. And what got me is in the NFL, if you're the one best in the NFL, if you're one dimensional teams are going to stop you. And the Rams, have a, a Sam? They they have a pretty good defensive lineman and Sam Darnold Decent and a few defense. other guys, and they you knew mean that, not Sam Darnold? You uh, mean not Sam Darnold? Something uh, Donald? Sam Aaron Sam, Donald? Everybody in knew they're running the ball, and and they were un and and the Rams were unable to stop it. It just blows me away ever in the NFL that a team. With with, like I said, not not with such a little threat to pass the ball can, can just dominate a game like that, especially a team in the Rams who were prohibitive favorites to to be a Super Bowl contender this year. It's crazy. Um, uh, Lamar Jackson's the, the the real deal, and as much as he's the real deal, uh, the defense is uh, looking the real deal. It's looking old school Ravens. But man, a, enough rambling about that. With that said, even as much as rivalry 
Rivalry week. Rivalry week. Ties my tongue up every time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As much as that's exciting, everybody, uh, man, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty excited about the the, the Niners-Raven game uh, coming up Sunday because uh, talk about old school defense. If you haven't watched the 49ers play defense, you're you're missing a treat because – it's it's legit uh bosa when and they're get they weren't healthy uh several for the last couple of weeks but they got healthy again last week and um tell you what they could give the ravens some trouble they're a scary looking defense and that's a big line for me any nfl mm-hmm. game where you feel like it's you know six in one hand half a dozen in the other you look for like a field goal line or a pick em or maybe a one or two pointer this is a six point line um and i know the ravens have been destroying people uh, I think that's just a nice insurance policy for Vegas. And you know, I don't like to get into that whole, you know, line philosophy stuff, but, um, you know, it's hard not to like the Niners in this position. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, the right, as much as the Ravens are dominating the, the, the Niners defense is the real deal. And at some point, like I said, uh, uh, even the best well, you said it earlier when you said the Ravens are a bit one dimensional and you know what, if you're good at that one dimension, you can win it all. But if somebody knows how to stop it, it can get dangerous. Yeah. And if you had to put, you had to put uh Lamar Jackson in a pocket situation where, you know, running, it's not a good idea for him, which I don't, I don't, he could score on any play. So I don't know that that, that would happen, but if someone can contain him well and make him, you know, have to throw, he's been throwing great. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if that's because his scrambling ability makes people more open. That's right. Or, you know what I'm saying? So it's been hard to look at. I love the Ravens, offense and defense. Uh, I think the Niners, like I said, every podcast for the last four weeks are Patriots West. Interested to see how this goes. Oh, yeah. Well, and I hate to go back to a college game, but I I remember, you know, in college he kind of had his way with the conference they played in, and then they played LSU in a bowl game, and LSU did that. They kind of contained him into the pocket, and it was a completely different deal. Uh, A lot of his good passing does come off the fear of his legs. Like you said, you threw nine passes. Nine passes. But he he had like five touchdowns at the end of the game. When you hear five passes, you're assuming the guy threw 50, 50 passes. So, yeah. Uh, and the Niners have the ability to do that with the, the I mean, their defensive line is nasty. So, like I said, man, with the big rivalry week coming up, there's a really good NFL game to cap it off with the, the Ravens Niners. I mean, why couldn't they have had this game last week so we could have no enjoyed kidding. everything on its own and really been able to sink our teeth into it? But right now, I couldn't care less about the Niners Ravens because we have real deal stuff coming on right now in college football this week. It's rivalry week, buddy. Talk to me. What's your what's your uh which games are you looking at this week before we get started? Well, man, this one is not probably going to be much of a contest and it hadn't been the last few years. Kind of hope it is. And maybe and, and maybe it can be cuz you never know, it gets crazy. But I picked this one out because maybe it's one of those lesser known ones like the one I'm, you know, outside of Mississippi, I get it the Egg Bowl doesn't carry the weight of of, of the Iron Bowl or some of the other ones. And I don't know how much weight the Clemson-South Carolina game carries, but, man, there is a deep-seated hatred in that state. Oh, inside that little wedge-shaped state that they call South Carolina, there is a large population of people who are either anti-Clemson or anti-Gamecocks. Or Cox, as they call them. And a fun fact is Clemson is actually a school that uh, was created out of a little political discourse. Um 
apparently the agricultural side of the state didn't believe that there was enough of a school for their the people that wanted to plant and farm. And S- South Carolina believed differently, and they fought over it, and there was a vote. And by a one-vote victory, they decided to create an agricultural school named Was this Clemson. a statewide vote? And since it, it was a one statewide one vote. Uh, yeah, I guess. So Clemson, so Alabama didn't win two national championships because of one vote. Yeah, it was probably like 20 bureaucrats sitting in a room drinking scotch. With if they invent time travel, you can bet your sweet ass I'm going to go take that dude yeah. out. One vote is the reason Clemson <laughs> is here. And man, you know South Carolina's pissed about that now too, because they're you know, Clemson kind of dominates them. I mean, the overall oh, yeah. series they're way better. Yeah. The overall series, like Clemson leads at 70 to 42. So I'm I'm more But I, think about this. If South Carolina had stayed in the ACC, they'd probably only lost two games a year. <laughs> they would be like number three in the ACC. You know uh uh, uh Bam would be love a real it. be a real duke it out between them and Virginia. But seriously, you think Bama's upset, man? Um, South Carolina's really upset that vote that vote worked out. Yeah, they haven't exactly had a lot of luck in this rivalry. Uh, I think we looked it up, and uh, Clemson's leading this rivalry seventy to forty-two yeah. to four. Which means, for you math majors out there, since I spent all my time talking about that last week, that they'd have to win the next twenty-eight years in a row, or join the ACC win the next 14 years in a row and be lucky enough to meet Clemson in the ACC title and beat them there for 14 years just to tie it up. That's that's not good odds. (laughs) That's not good. But you know how, do you know how you start to tie it up, Petty? One game at a time. Can they do it this week? That's what, um, when Steve Spurrier got to Florida and they asked him about how far behind he was in the Georgia series, and he said, how, "How many do you think you'll you'll catch up?" And he said, "Well, how many years do it? You know, how many years how do we? Many, have? How far behind <laughs> it? How many years do I play them? Yeah, because he was oh man, and he never lost to Georgia. Spurrier was a bad kind of effort, dude. Just to be honest, uh, Spurrier is one of the reasons why the SEC is as dominant dominant as it is right now. Outside of the fact that you know the South is a you know a veritable breeding ground for defensive linemen." Oh, yeah. Speaking of, Spurrier brought one of the best ones ever to South Carolina on probably their best run ever against Clemson, which preceded this run that Clemson's gone on that's kind of unprecedented for Clemson or anybody in the ACC for that matter. They're kind of on a a Bama-like run. Florida State? Yeah, Florida State went on a 15-year run of being in the top five. Guys, if you guys can remember this, and I know most of our listeners probably aren't 80 years old, but there was a time when there were several good teams in the ACC. Those days are far behind us, but there was a time when you'd have to play Florida State, Miami, Michael Vick's Virginia Tech. I mean, there were some teams over there. Uh, Yeah, North Carolina Yeah, used to have some teams that were pretty stout. Uh, We were talking about real football teams there. A guy guy named Lawrence Taylor played at North Carolina. (laughs) Man, they had some. Okay, so when I was four, North Carolina had a really badass defensive lineman and a great basketball player. I'll give you that. (laughs) I don't know. I just thought of Lawrence Taylor. I don't know why he came to my mind. That's why I threw him in there. Look. And I don't know if it was the crack or if the crack was the end of the game, but Lawrence Taylor plus crack equaled incredible football. 
he was a monster. Yeah, man, that is true. That is true. Well, why, why don't you get into some of the research that you've done this week and tell me what makes this Clemson versus South Carolina rivalry special? Well, man, any rivalry, if you go back, if you're a historian, and most people are only a historian of their own, own rivalry, but there are little crazy things that have happened through the history of all of them, I believe, that, that <laughs> make you laugh, but also make you say, holy crap, especially stuff you probably couldn't get away with today. But apparently in 1961, um, the South Carolina Sigma News dressed up in Clemson football uniforms and somehow got into the tunnel and ran out and looked, I guess, so much the part that the Clemson band started playing their fight song. And then the Clemson students oh, realized. Like they scored a touchdown? That's awesome. Well, yeah. The Clemson students realized what happened and they ran onto the field to confront them, but didn't like the, the, no brawl broke out or anything, which is kind of kind of sad on the Clemson part. So they just went out there and had like a standoff? Oh, yeah. Um, in 04. Did they dance fight? Yeah. They, did they dance fight? A cock fight. Wait a minute. BMX dance fight. Yeah. <laughs> taking, taking rad part two BMX dance fight. Dance fight. Uh, they had an epic brawl in 2004 when one Lou Holtz was the coach. And I think maybe Bowden, Tommy Bowden was probably the coach of Clemson where both teams were bowl eligible and they got in a full-blown melee at midfield right as the game was ending. Clemson had won it handily. And uh, the brawl came on the heels of the night of the notorious Pistons brawl where uh, Meta World Peace, what what was his uh, actual name? <laughs> I can't, now I can't remember his actual name. Meta World Peace is what uh. came to my brain. When he went up into the stands throwing haymakers at <laughs> the guy that threw the coke on him. Oh, well, wow, that, this yeah. was – this was uh, the, the very Pacers. next day. And so it ca- yeah. Um, Ron Artest. Ron Artest. One Ron, Ron Artest. Artest. He is the Dennis Rodman of the 2000s era. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He went up into the stands. Well, uh, the next day, South Carolina and Clemson said, hold my beer. I'm about to show you some stuff. Well, Petty, I know we both know Clemson won that game handily, but the real question is who won the fight? Uh, well, we have video um that we can let people see and vote on i would love to get that vote in i think we should all watch the video and see who won the fight because who at this juncture nobody really remembers i'm sure you had to look up who won that game but you remember the fight so we want to figure out who won the fight yeah we'll have to uh do some heavy analysis on on said video speaking of fights real quick real quick sidebar and i don't want to go too far off on this but i hope on saturday night you got to catch deontay wilder in the heavyweight championship i did not but I saw on Twitter the knockout punch, and it was awesome. No, and usually his knockout punches are staggering. And that stinks, man. We were in Vegas all week, and they dude, the guy's head shook so hard. It was like a, it, there, it was like the side, it looked like he broke the sound barrier, the sweat coming off his head. It was amazing. Man, we're in Vegas all week, and they had advertisements for it everywhere. And I was thinking, man, that would be so awesome. You should have gone to that fight. Week Zero Sports could have paid for that ticket. Now we couldn't. We don't have that kind of money. But if you guys yeah. like the show, let us know. We'd love to go see stuff like that. We'll bring you the hottest takes. Well, yeah, we'll bring hot shows. takes from Deontay knocking people's head off. God, that would have been fun to go to. Hot takes, hotty toddies, whatever we can get, basically. We will, we'll bring uh, yeah. it to you. Crazy, crazy, crazy. No, missed it, but... Um, well, all right, I would, so I sorry, for, sorry for dragging you off. 
Are there any main points about Clemson, South Carolina that you want to cover before we jump to the next? Because I feel like we really haven't hit the high um, points yet. The high points are that, okay, and man, I drew uh, a lot of my inspiration from the message boards. I went to each team's message board and um, decided, like, so why do they hate each other? And there's, I mean, other than the fact that, you know, uh, South Carolina thinks Clemson buys players and you know, should be in the SEC the way they cheat. And South Carolina's like, hold my beer. You think Jadavian Clowney really went to your school over Alabama because Steve Spurrier <laughs> looked good with the shirt off dancing. Um, Dude, you know, you know, young, <laughs> strong, tall, big black man love the sight of a 60-year-old uncoordinated guy. White dude with the shirt off dancing. Yeah. Absolutely. They you everybody knows that's how it works. Which man, that's the one thing I love about <laughs> Nick Saban is like he's not above like breaking out the electric slide at a recruit's mama's house. He that, has two or three dance moves and he's not afraid to use them. <sighs> well, so um th- those are like I said, there's probably a whole lot more to the history that Clemson and South Carolina fans could might want it, it's it, it seems like a, a rivalry of streaks and, and mainly streaks where Clemson's pretty much tapped that tail. The Clemson was pretty good back in the early '80s in the Danny Ford era, where they won, I think, a national title at some point. Clemson was decent. Then they got a Bowden. Then South Kakalaki went and got Spurrier. Spurrier. And then Spurrier decided golf was way more fun than coaching South Carolina once he beat Nick Saban. With Steven Garcia, which to this oh, yeah. day still makes my brain stop working and reboot. <laughs> Steven Garcia. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, spit that that guy, that's a pretty good it made me think. You know South what's Carolina's, good about Steven Garcia? South Carolina everything. The dude the <laughs> dude was fantastic as a drunk slash awesome quarterback sometimes. And he's even what? better as a third rate broadcaster for the South Carolina Gamecocks. I don't know if you've caught any of the film. Quality stuff. Oh no! Oh yeah. Well, I don't. But I don't know if you remember when South Carolina broke into the SEC. They had a quarterback named Steve Tannehill. They sure did. Who had? They sure did. Who had a uh, not to be Kid confused Rock with Rice? No, not to be. No, Steve Tannehill, who had a Kid Rock esque mullet, and apparently now he was a part of the Clemson South Carolina lore because he beat. Uh, he ended a long. Clemson winning streak and then signed his name with his finger in the Clemson Paul out in the middle of the field. And that apparently upset the Clemson. You know Knights. what? The only way to really get Clemson good is to do something to that rock. Well, they hate each other. Um, they've dressed up as cheerleaders. They've brawled a few times on the field, which I always think makes a good, I mean, if you, you know, Good rivalry has to have a brawl somewhere along the way. Oh, no, you don't have a rivalry if you haven't either A, had a brawl, or B, had the rivalry canceled because it got too contentious and politics got involved. Yeah. Which has happened in many, many places. <clears throat> Texas A&M, Texas, right yeah, now. Yeah, good gracious. You know what I mean? Man, what an egotistical, like, piss, pissing contest that's ended that rivalry. Oh God! Just yes, just a bunch of yeah, a bunch yeah, of weird like World weirdos War with four people getting a fight, and the whole world suffers for it. Watching Texas yeah. Texas A and M this weekend would have been awesome. Let's, oh, yeah. It used to be on like Thanksgiving sometimes, right? Like if not the the same rivalry week, but I feel like that used to be one of those games you got like on a Friday or something, where it was the only game of the day. Well, and that's what those morons don't realize is like 
uh, most rivalry games doesn't matter who they are. You'll watch it. Like I'll, I'll watch Washington. I watch the that. What is it? The Apple Cup. Washington. Washington State. I like them all, man. Um. So when you M one Texas Texas A and M was a great. I mean, one. look, dude. You got hand signals. You got guy cheerleaders only on one side. You got. You know, Matthew McConaughey's girlfriends on the other yeah, side. I mean, one side's it's doing the weird game. hand signals. The other side's <laughs> just weird. I bet Matthew McConaughey looks down at them dude cheerleaders and like, man, I'd look good in that dude cheerleader outfit. I, I, I'd rock that outfit. If they ever do a movie about dude cheerleaders, I'm going to be in it. Um, that's what we bring you during Rivalry Week. We bring up Clemson, South Carolina, and then we talk about Matthew McConaughey wanting to wear a dude cheerleader outfit from uh, Texas A&M. And that's generally our cue to move on to our next rivalry game because we have gone off the effing Yeah, we've rails. gone off the rails. Um, Petty, this next game, I don't want you to introduce this game. I can't let you introduce this game because this game means everything to you. You were able to write the notes about this game from your heart. Yeah, no research needed. None. It's like 86 bullet points that I've whittled down to 29. Yeah. About one... Egg Bowl in the state of Mississippi. Tell me about it, man. First off, before you before you even jump in, why in God's name would anybody call a football game the Egg Bowl? <laughs> well, it because in the twenties, I believe it was that may be off a little bit, but I think 1920s. it was the twenties. Um, this is two thousand and nineteen. Like next year, it's going to be the twenties again. So you have to start specifying. Yeah. So yeah, the nineteen twenties. The the Rebels won a game, I think it was seven to six, and it, it had been a long drought where Mississippi State, or at the time maybe Mississippi A and M, as Ole Miss called them, Mississippi Agriculture and Manufacturing. Um, oh, and, oh, military, military and manufacturing. Ole Miss was uh, manufacturing. Ole Miss was so excited, and the game was in Starkville, Mississippi where they they stormed the field and tried to tear the goalpost down in Starkville. Well, the they state, stormed the visiting field? Yeah, they stormed the, they stormed the visiting field. So, so I hope they had a pretty, you know, large sum of people there for that. I guess it's cl- it's a close game, you know. So I'm sure you probably had a 50% showing in the stadium. Well, the state fans grabbed their folding chairs and went after the Ole Miss fans and it turned into a melee on the field. Unlike the Clemson South Carolina rivalry, State fans, state fans knew what to do. Petty, huh? I just had an epiphany. Is there a, is there any chance on earth that Ted Turner either went to Ole Miss <laughs> or Mississippi State? Because if so, that would explain so much of my childhood in the WWF. Oh man, <laughs> metal chairs, uh, <laughs> Jerry, the, Jer, Jerry the King Lawler from Memphis style. Um, Hulk Hogan, tear your shirt off, sir. Don't even step on my ring unless you're ripping off your tank top. Well. After this melee, the student body came. The student body from each institution came together and decided uh, the best way to simmer down the uh, animosity between the two schools was to create a trophy. It was a golden trophy in the shape of a football. Well, um, one of the you know the same way that the Crimson Tide and the elephant got coined by somebody on, on the radio for Alabama, uh, inevitably some some announcer or some radio, someone uh, with or, eyes. I think is some, what you're saying, someone with with eyeballs, a human a human person with eyeballs saw the trophy and what was their determination, Petty? Wow, that looks like a golden <laughs> egg. <laughs> this was 
This was the favorite thing that I learned today. I have always known about the Egg Bowl. I've always known about the trophy. I've known about all of it, but I had no idea that thing was supposed to be a football when it started. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be a football. I mean, it's not an it's not an egg. If you look at it, it is it is a football. It's eggy. It's eggy. It, but it's yeah, it, you know, football is kind of shaped Weird like chicken. an egg. Um, but since then, I, I think it worked out glowingly. The, the 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 trophy has since uh only caused I think I've seen I've seen three brawls in person. I know there's been four or five in my lifetime of just full blown melees between the two teams. If if people remember last year's egg bowl, uh they probably don't because both teams sucked <laughs> like they do this year. But it is on Thanksgiving, so people do watch. But man, last year they were brawling like I'll get out. I'm gonna tell you, Patty, the best way to judge a good rivalry is when you see two teams that suck playing each other and the America can't take their eyes off of it. That's a good rivalry. Now, granted, it's awesome to see number one versus number two in a big game when it's the rivalry, and that rarely happens, and when it does, it's it's freaking beautiful. But <laughs> when two teams that are just middle of the road that nobody really cares about in the final scheme of things are playing and you can't take your eyes off of it. That's what defines a rivalry to me. It's not the years when you're good. It's the, it's the years when you're mediocre that matter. Oh yeah. And people still watch because it, it, believe it or not, they've had years where both of them have actually played some meaningful games and meaningful football. But it's like you talk about the years that only matter to the people in the state. And you see these full on like <laughs> melees that you realize. And I think it was like 92 or 93 sports illustrated did an article and it kind of pointed on like, okay, yeah, it doesn't have the pageantry and the, the, the namesake and the meaning, you know, their title implications of the Iron Bowl or at the time Oklahoma, uh, uh, Nebraska, back when they used to play every year and it was big, um, or Ohio State, Michigan. But uh, they, they, they talked about – We can they, agree. It's not a big game But they years. talked about how nasty it was. Like it, even back in those days, the coach Billy Brewer at Ole Miss called Mississippi State's coach a habitual liar and had a, a bullet – 50 caliber bullet on his desk that said guaranteed to shoot a habitual liar from a hundred yards. And is this guy possibly a Shelby? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> but, well, I mean, but hell they're from Mississippi, but <clears throat> that more, sounds like a Shelby move, a, 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 if, a Mississippi know. version of it, but Oh yeah. yeah right. Man. It's uh, a little classier, less aggressive. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Not Irish, but it's uh, it, it's 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 like it's like Clemson, South Carolina, man, just two schools in a smaller state that absolutely hate each other. You know what it is? It's like Clemson, South Carolina was any other year except for 2016 to now. If you take 2016 to now away, it is a bitter, hateful in-state rivalry, um, which occasionally has title implications, but most of the time doesn't. And right now, the South Carolina Clemson thing has gotten a little bit of lopsided. No offense to the South Carolina fans, but you guys haven't been recruiting to the level that they have. And if you can't step in on a team that hasn't played a lot of competition this year and give them a run for their money, you might as well just call it quits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're garbage. Um, Sorry for getting real talk on that. But, I mean, you beat Georgia. If you beat Georgia and Clemson and still lose like five or six games this year, is that a win or did you squander your season? Squandered. But that's a good I mean, point. I watched the South Carolina team play motivated 
when Bama went there live. It's the only time that I've seen a full South Carolina game from start to finish, but I've seen a lot of their games, like pieces. But that team did not look like six and 16 to me. <laughs> no, they didn't. They're not a good team, and they've been exposed in a lot of ways. With, with, they looked with to me second. that day like a nine and three team. Yeah. Oh, oh, against Bama, yeah, you thought they were, and then they against go to Georgia, Missouri. they did. But when they're playing teams that they should beat or compete with, uh-huh. they look like a four and eight team. One of the things I do think that that makes this interesting for maybe outside viewers, much like we talked about the lopsidedness in the Clemson South Carolina, so it's not as fun to watch. This game's actually pretty even now. Ole Miss has a twenty game lead in the overall series, but in in modern era, since I've been around, the series is actually pretty even. And so it, it, it's not one team runs away with it from the other. I mean, there, there's a lot of back and forth. In, in, in the last two decades, Petty, that is very, very true. Now, looking at this game in a historical context, it's a blowout on the Ole Miss side. Oh, yeah. Like, they've been blowing them out. But lately, parity has overtaken the state of Mississippi in the last two decades. And I think there's no doubting that. Nobody can deny that. And that's what makes this rivalry awesome because either one of these teams could win. The two games that I saw, you know, I think I think Mississippi State was favored in both of those games and Ole Miss won. I feel like the underdog almost has an advantage in this game because of the chip on their shoulder. And the good thing about Mississippi is they still have a significant number of players on both of their teams that are from the state of Mississippi that grew up hating the other team. You know, and that's amazing – Awesome, and it leads to good football. Sometimes it's a blowout in this thing, you know, but the vast majority of the games are awesome to watch. Oh, yeah, and, then, and there's there's intensity, and, and there's, you know, more, there, there's been times where there's stuff on the line, you know. And like you said, when Dak came back for his senior year to beat Ole Miss and, and they were a heavy favorite and Chad Kelly just went into Starkville and blew him up. But on the flip side, Hugh Freeze's last year, Freeze is playing for a ball game and State comes into Oxford and puts the worst beating on them they have in 100 years. Um, Is that the one where Dak pooped his pants? That was the one where I like to bring up the fact that Dak pooped his pants. (laughs) It is true. It's a true story. And you know what? Speaking of pooping your pants, and you know I love segues and I love perfect transitions, and what better transition than pooping your pants in B1G? Oh, yeah, man. There's a pretty big (laughs) What's the biggest rivalry in the B1G, you petty? Is there one? Is there a rivalry this weekend? Some people argue that it's the biggest rivalry in college football, Michael. Does that offend you? Did we save the second best for second to last? Possibly. I don't know, man. <laughs> Does it offend? What if? Where's the argument to be made that Ohio State Michigan is the biggest rivalry? And it is. It is arguably the second biggest rivalry in college football. <laughs> arguably the second biggest rivalry in college. Absolutely, football. I'll give it that. Who's the who's the argument with with number two? With Who it? knows? We'll figure it out. I feel like we're going in order of importance right now to the end of this game, and it's not over time's importance; it's this year's importance. Well, here's your news update from Ohio State, Michigan. This this feud actually started in 1835 with the Toledo War, which was actually a war fought over uh, the Toledo area and kind of land rights where Ohio and Michigan was. Well, from that time on, the people from Michigan, that that part of Michigan and the the northern parts of Ohio really just did not like each other, Michael. And that that carried over into when they started playing football in the 1890s. 
Um, but the rivalry really didn't get big into the 70s. Um, I think they called this the 10-year war between Woody Hayes and uh, Bo Shim Beckler at Michigan. Uh, Woody Hayes was the coach uh, who, who really caught fame for choke slamming uh, one Clemson player. I guess I don't know if it's during a bowl game or regular season or not. I just know he choke slammed the dude. Also, both of these guys are famous for playing old school, really shitty to watch football. Yeah, a lot of lot of three yards in a cloud of dust. A lot of we'll punt on third down and let our defense do the do the work if we've got to. But yeah, Shim Beckler and, and Woody Hayes. But man, back in that day, they they seemed to play. That started the era of the Rose Bowl pretty much running through Michigan and Ohio State with the occasional, you know, Wisconsin sneak in mm, Rose Bowl. Sounds exciting. Yeah, or Penn State. Oh, yeah, and Penn State. Don't let me forget Penn State and Joe Here's the deal about the Rose Bowl. It is definitely the game between the best Big Ten and the best Pac-12 team. It's pretty. The the field. I was trying to go long, dramatic pause on that just so we could go, like, that's the only fact that you need to know. Not good. Just kidding. Now (laughs) the Rose Bowl is, like, sometimes the fifth best game. In the bowl season, you know, it sucks that those games don't matter anymore. The Sugar Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl. I mean, let's not jump into bowl season yet. Let's not do that. Tell me why Ohio State versus Michigan is the first or second or third or fourth best rivalry in the country because it's definitely in the top five, arguably the first, arguably the fourth, depending on who you are. Because literally for 50 years, the conference championship has run through those two schools for the for the most part. Like I said, with the outside years of Wisconsin or Penn State and, or a few of the – maybe even Michigan State a few times sneaking into the Rose Bowl. Like it was – I remember Ole Miss had to play Michigan in a bowl game because they were pretty much waiting on the Rose Bowl and got tripped up at the end. And it was when they had Desmond Howard and Elvis Gerback and Drod Bunch and absolutely beat the brakes off Ole Miss. And I was like, man, they're like a different – because Desmond for 50 Howard years, these two teams have, have been the, <laughs> the, do, the door. Oh, man, that dude was so good. He, he caught for like 500 yards that day. Um, I got to see a Heisman guy. That was the first Heisman person I saw live. And I oh, tell that was back was in the good old days when the literally the most electric and best player got a chance at um, the Heisman. Now the Heisman Trophy is a totally different animal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Desmond Howard was the best player in college football. That's why he won it. He made unbelievable catches. It, yeah, if you were picking teams that year, you'd have picked I actually first. fell in love with Michigan a little bit. At that moment, if I was doing a Heisman vote myself, and I know Petty, if we continue to rock this podcast out like this, we're going to get one. <laughs> but if I had a Heisman vote, I would look at it like, all right, I'm starting a football team and I get to pick anybody in the country. Who am I picking first? Yeah. And I think that should be the directions to the Heisman. Absolutely. That should be the instructions on the Heisman. Yeah. Who's, who's the be- who is the best player in football that you want to build? Who your are team you around? taking first? Yeah. Who are you taking first? This year, you might be scratching your head like, am I taking Jalen? No. Am I taking uh, 32 up in Ohio State? Possibly. Impact player. Am I taking Tua? Impact player. Am I taking CeeDee Lamb? Impact player. CeeDee Lamb's numbers aren't as good as he looks in the eye test, though. And think about what you're saying, though, right now. 
and we're talking about at a time that we actually believed the Heisman was a bigger deal. Think of how many Heismans have played for these two schools against each other. So, I mean, you're talking the Eddie, Eddie, Eddie George's Desmond Howard's uh, it goes. Um, so I'll tell you what, man, for 50 years, these two teams have been the gateway to the championship and the, the B one G um, that's why, that's why it's such a big yeah, the the Big Ten. That's why it's such a big rivalry. Well, I mean, how long has it been since Michigan's won a national title? For real, I mean, they're good. They're a blue blood. Everybody knows. When was the last that's one? That's the thing. Are they a blue blood? They won half of one in nineteen ninety seven. They shared one, and in ninety seven, and before that, it was nineteen forty three. Oh dear! They were a powerhouse back in the leather helmet era. So like they even with all the the PR and the marketing that you get from Michigan, they're basically Auburn. But is is, is do you consider Auburn a blue blood? Absolutely. But I don't then consider it, them what I thought Michigan was before today. Like before today, I was looking at Michigan. Like Michigan was like Notre Dame, USC, Ohio State. Alabama, Florida 90s. No. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's what I was thinking. Well, not even Ohio State. Ohio State's knocked out a couple of national titles in Dude, our lifetime. Ohio State's had um, um, several national titles. Nebraska's had more national titles than Michigan has in my life, I feel like. I think BYU has had more national titles than Michigan in my life. Um, Colorado. I think Colorado has had more national titles than Michigan in my life. I didn't mean to turn this into man. Michigan fans are gonna would hate us, but I'm I'm not sure they're no hate at all. I was a Michigan when Alabama sucked and we were on probation, and I lived through basically after Tom Brady whooped our ass in 1999 in the Orange Bowl. I was kind of a Michigan fan until Alabama got their angle back because a lot of my family went there and they were fun to watch. But they became slow and still quarterback in the back and just really boring. Well, they've got a great Michigan's got a great fight song. And I will say they had the funniest shot from their message boards. Uh, one of their comments was to an, an Ohio State fan, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer uh, went to your school. Uh, which Who is, did? Which, which school? Uh, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer went to Ohio State, which is Jeffrey more, Dahmer's a Buckeye. Yeah, which is more than they can say Proud for former Buckeye. quarterback Cordell Jones. He's the you know '90s rapist. Oh yeah, murderer. Hey, like which, the Ohio State University, you know, which is, but like I just said, what they, which they said is more than they can say for their former quarterback Cordell Jones, who infas, who infamously sent out the tweet, "I didn't come here to play football" or something to that effect. Why do we even need to go to school? Mm-hmm. So he did come here to play football, not school. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Jeff. That that was the my favorite shot from Michigan to Ohio State. Jeffrey Dahmer went to your school, which is more than I can say for that's Cordell a Jones. <laughs> that's one hell of a closer there, Petty. I'm going to go ahead and tell you because even the prisoners didn't like Jeffrey Dahmer. They poked his eyeballs out with a broomstick. <laughs> no, they killed him. They beat him to death. They had to bring him out in a trash bag. I. D- I- I did also like the Ohio State people calling uh, Wal- uh, Michigan people uh, Wal- Walmart Wolverines. And then a Michigan person responding, well, congrats on leading everyone outside the SEC with Calvin pissing on stuff stickers. Oh, well, that is true because I have seen a lot of piss on Auburn, a lot of piss on Alabama, and I've seen a lot of piss on Ohio State stickers. 
Yeah, apparently they really like those up there. Nice. Well, yeah, you know, Calvin Calvin has a bladder control problem. <laughs> <laughs> I want to recap and do like the TLDR version of the Ohio State versus the Michigan Wolverines rivalry. Number one, national title implications very often. I mean, there a lot of times yes. when this game is being played, somebody has a chance of either winning or losing a national championship in that game. Very much like this year. Um, I think if Michigan came in and beat Ohio State, it could really hurt their chances <clears throat> at winning the national championship, not necessarily at getting in. I feel like Ohio State's done enough to this point that they're probably, as long as they win their conference title when they have to play Iowa or whoever makes it, I do believe that Ohio State's in. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about this. Yeah. We were saying there were backs and forths on that, but I do believe that they're in. But there's a lot of implications in, in this game and a lot of bragging rights and just a lot of piss and vinegar, for lack of a better word. So yeah. I really can't wait to watch this. Uh, one of my one of my favorite one of my favorite moments was an Ohio State lineman got kicked out about seven or six or seven years ago and like seriously walks out double 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 middle finger saluting the Michigan fans as he walks out the very next year, the Ohio state student sections wearing shirt, homemade shirts with the guy given the, the middle finger salute, like good gracious, man. That's, that's, <laughs> that's good stuff. That's good stuff, man. This is going to be a fantastic game. Um, I do think that Ohio State has an advantage, but it's not a talent advantage. Well, it's a kind of system performance advantage where they've been there, they've done that, and they've been kicking everybody's ass this year. You know? So are we breaking down this game now? Um, uh, I was just throwing a little something out there because I'm about to jump into a rivalry that I care a lot about. And I wanted to make sure that everything else was appropriately covered before we got to this next game. Well, this Ohio State-Michigan game looks like it is going to be amazing. And again, many title implications, a lot of things going on. And we might actually talk about this later in our game breakdowns because this is one of the more interesting matchups of the week. So, you know, without wasting too much time on, you know, what a lot of people think is the best rivalry in the nation, let's get to the real best rivalry in the nation. Sorry, co-host. Um, Alabama-Auburn. What do you think? I'll let you kick this off because, you know, I have very, you know, detailed feelings about this game. Well, I'll say this, man, and I, I'll, I'll take the perspective of when I was a kid and how I viewed things. You, you tend as a, as a child, you tend to view things in a more honest manner. Um, and when I was falling in love with college football, I remember living in Mississippi and the Iron Bowl being kind of a bigger deal. Like my dad made it so made it known that the Iron Bowl was a little bit bigger of a deal. And he was a big historian. He, obviously, I, I love college sports. He, we just didn't talk Ole Miss. I, I knew the history of Bear Bryant and and Shug Jordan and, and stuff like that that he would tell me. So I knew how big of a game that was. And then moving to Tuscaloosa and living in Tuscaloosa for 25 years, you definitely get a, a taste of of how big the Iron Bowl is. But man, it's it, it's it's rightfully so. Uh, there's there's more times than not where there's more than just uh, bragging rights over a trophy or, or, or rubbing it in your, your your rival's face. I mean, a lot of times there's SEC championship implications. There's national title implications. I mean, it's and it's routinely got that on the line. 
Oh, and to add to that, Petty, I believe that in the last decade, there's not another game in college football that's had more national title implications than the Iron Bowl. I mean, in the last 10 years, I think eight of those, um, give or take, have had Alabama or Auburn as a contender for the national title oh, yeah, the the g- season. So the it's, game- a, it's a big game. It's a big game. And the worst part about having a big game like this at the end of your season is you don't know which way it's going to go. It doesn't matter if you're a team that's, you know, unless we're talking about, you know, that blessed 2007 year that we discussed earlier where, you know, Auburn got skunked 31 to nothing. And, you know, Governor Tuberville, Governor Prospect Tuberville got kicked out of the barn in favor of a Gene Chiswick. Yeah, well, yeah, it's been quite a run for for Alabama outside of a few years. I mean, even, well, you 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 talked about the 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 one where Ingram fumbled the ball straight, but that, like you said, that was a year where Auburn had Cam Newton and also won the title that year. They, their their team was wasn't wasn't shabby. The one that came back and and Bryant Denny that day wasn't wasn't shabby. Oh, the team that was getting about to be getting beat thirty-one to nothing that came back and won the game and got to go barely beat Oregon. That I remember a day saying, you know what? If anybody's going to screw this up, it'll be Auburn. But they won, and kudos to them. But <laughs> yeah, it's rivalry, guys. Hold on, it's Man, rivalry so week, guys. <laughs> that rivalry week might be one of the hardest things to say when you're just, you know. As they call it on the PSA's buzz, I, I'm actually a bigger believer than most when they say you throw it rivalries up in the air. Actually, more times than not, I think the better team does win. But I'll say the Iron Bowl does get. I mean, there's there's been some years where you know it's been a pure just beatdown. But I, I mean, for the most part, man, this it, is not going to be one of those. It'll years. get squirrely. Let's the, be perfectly freaking honest. We're not going to break this down right now. But this isn't going to be one of those years where it's going to be any kind of beat down. If there was a beat down and I don't see it coming and I don't think it's possible. But if there was a beat down, beat down, it would probably come from Auburn. It would be because Derek Brown killed all our quarterbacks and we started playing cornerbacks at the quarterback position, fumbled the ball a lot. You know, that could happen. That could absolutely happen. But, you know, I would much prefer another outcome. I I tell you, man. The rivalry's been weird for me because I've always lived in Tuscaloosa, so it's always been shrouded in crimson. But you know, the last two years I've I've lived in North Alabama, and there's actually Auburn fans up here. So for the first time ever, I've actually kind of gotten a taste. Yeah, I've actually gotten a taste of (laughs) of the rivalry more so than I ever did living in Tuscaloosa. You need small town Alabama to understand this rivalry, and that's um, that's why I can't wholly say that I fully understand the big ones like Michigan, Ohio State, or even Nebraska, Oklahoma, way back when, when that one was awesome. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? across so many borders. Um, yeah, that was good stuff. But, like, this game, when you're a kid in Alabama, is – it's I mean, it's like part of your life. It's a big event every year in your life. It's as big as like 4th of July or something like that, where you remember everything that's going on and who was on your team and who you were shooting your bottle rockets at. You know, I mean, it's that kind of thing. And you like, I feel like if you're an Auburn fan, you think you're better than Alabama. And if you're an Alabama fan, you're definitely better than Auburn. Just kidding. Just kidding, guys. I mean, it's rivalry week. It's rivalry week. I mean, some of our favorite things to say are like, 
what's up, little bro? You know, so condescending, but that's what we're trying to do. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, what do you, Petty, objectively, is this rivalry good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 and it's generally a good game because it's two good teams. Um, and as much as you just called Auburn little bro, and I think they do have a complex when it comes to Alabama because they, I think they make a lot of dumb decisions based off things that Alabama's done. They, they hold their own more than they give themselves credits for. Hell, they, I mean, they did. They have won more national championships for other teams than any team in the history of football. (laughs) They ruin, they are masters of ruining the Alabama national championship. That is something that they're good at. And I would be super proud of that if I was an Auburn fan, but this rivalry brings out the worst in everybody. And that's how, you know, you've got yourself a good rivalry. I mean, when things get worse, just because of this game, when people are like stabbing and shooting each other, you know, guys are poisoning shrubbery um i I mean it's crazy people shoot each other it's it's everything that's great about college football you know what there's nothing better than losing to your rival but waking up the next morning and reading news about two idiots shooting each other over that game and letting you know that it's not that big a deal (laughs) but there's a there's a weird paradox there between the game and the fans in this rivalry where you know we just talked about the brawls that happened in the Ole Miss State game and the brawls that have happened with with Clemson and South Carolina actually there was one I didn't mention that they had several years prior prior to that but they've had several on the field whereas you're talking about crazy stuff happening with fans being shot and if you don't know the history of Alabama Auburn uh, fans uh, after the Iron Bowl Look it up. It's almost like Florida man. Crap. Hide your kids. Hide your dogs after the Iron Bowl. No, uh, the Alabama-Auburn game is our one Florida man day of the year. Oh, yeah. It gets crazy in Alabama. Hide (laughs) your kids. Hide your dogs. Hide your wife. People are getting stabbed and shot after that game. But the paradox I bring up is you don't ever see them brawling on the field. I I can't remember one time where you saw the football teams actually – now you've seen them get snippy. I, I don't want to say that there's been snippy times, but you. Well, and you know now, and this is the one bad thing about getting really good in football um, for Alabama is that they now recruit nationally, and basically it's less than half the team that are actually from Alabama. Yeah, but they still feel it, man. I, Saban does a really good job of you know, kind of communicating how big of a deal this game is. So everybody kind of feels it, but it's not, there's a different, you can see the difference between the kids that grew up here and the kids that didn't, you know, like they're, they're willing to like, that's right. Lay it all out there that day. So very cool stuff and can't wait to look into this. Um, You know, if I had to look at the things that people made fun of the most about Alabama, because, you know, I I got, I went to school to Alabama. I'm a Bama fan, you know, if I were not a Bama fan, my first question would always be, you know, how many national championships have you guys won again? <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt the numbers rising, but there's some that you can question. Oh, and there's also the missing ring, nineteen sixty six. 
Yeah, well, and then there's the one in the seventies that when no those were exhibition games, game. dude. But back then, the come on, come game. on. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. However, with that said, it's undeniable they've still got more than anybody else, and they're dominating right now. But you know, how many titles do twenty twenty six point three? I think slightly 30? over a marathon. You know, just a bit over, just to be the best, you know, and to have a little bigger sticker on the back of your car. Uh, <laughs> other things, other things about this rivalry that piss me off. Neither team has a freaking mascot. All right. <laughs> Alabama, the Crimson Tide Elephants, and Auburn, the Tigers that fly around the stadium that look a lot like Eagles. You know, very, very strange. The Tiger, the Tiger Bird. <laughs> I, I'm glad you bring this up because I know it's kind of newer and maybe since y'all have done it so long, it's not looked at as, cra- as crazy as the fact that Ole Miss, you know, changes their mascot every two or three years now. You guys have been. And you know what, though? I think you guys really miss an opportunity on the Black Bears because out of <laughs> all the mascots in the SEC, running up on a wave or a tiger, all of that stuff seems manageable. But a bear does not. No, I don't know where the bear ever came from. It was mad. The bear sounds like the kind of thing that I don't want to see in a dark alley. Like if you had an opportunity, it was like, all right, you get a baseball bat. You get to fight either a tiger, (laughs) a wave, a commodore, a dog, like a hound dog, a a pig, you know, all this stuff or a bear. Which one's last on your freaking list? You're going to fight a gator with a baseball bat or a bear? (laughs) I'm taking bear last every time. (laughs) Yes. So how did that not become a popular mascot? That's the baddest ass animal. Well, they didn't. They didn't. Well, they didn't market it. Should have gone with polar bear. They were too scared to market it because the old fogies still wanted the old Colonel Rebel. Yeah, yeah. I get. I get. I mean, I mean, mascots are for kids. Who cares what the thing running around on the sideline is? Honestly, for absolute sure. Yes. I mean, that's it. People just hang on things. You're correct about that. So without digging too deep into cross-rivalry contamination, okay, cross-rivalry yeah. contamination. So we, 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 I, we, I didn't mean to jump into the to Two the more words thing. I need to say before um, we, we close were, down we the were. Alabama-Auburn rivalry. Saban is a Nazi overlord and Cam Newton. <laughs> scam scam Newton. i didn't have to say anything about cam i just said his name and you thought of a thousand bad things i didn't want to corrupt your bad thoughts of cam i got a name that i think should sting if i was an alabama fan would sting me every time i heard it because alabama is considered the greatest football program in college football history they've had two of the greatest coaches they're in the running and i'm not going to ever and like I want to correct people that say that because I mean there's a lot of good programs out there. This definitely is our time right now, but like the best player to ever play the sport of football comes from the state of Alabama and he played for Auburn. Bo Jackson. He grew up a Bama fan and they wanted to either put him on defense or play for Bama. They wanted him to play linebacker. Yeah. And told him he could play running back, but it may be his junior year you know before what? he saw the field. That transcends rivalry because I, I am a, grew up a huge Bama fan. I had every Bo Jackson card and 
anything you could imagine. Like, oh, love yeah, that the guy. Raiders? All the way from the Auburn. You remember the Nike thing where he had on the shoulder pads with the baseball bat over the top of them? Oh, yes, <clears throat> of course. Yeah. That was, that was score. good stuff. Yeah. The score baseball card. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He was, they made cartoons about what a freak yeah, he was. Show awesome. He was. Um, but I always kind of wondered if like Bama fans, like of that generation, look back and like, damn. I don't think in those terms. If Bo Jackson would have really wanted to come to Alabama, he would have done it. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you you offer Bo the starting job and let him be the starting tailback in Crimson. If I had been alive to see that happen in person, I would probably hate them and be mad at him. But right now, can't relate. Too young. I was I was like four, so I, yeah, couldn't, we four. Uh, I could not process football at that age. <laughs> Speaking of not being able to process football at that age, let's talk about the NFL picks from last week first, since they went zero and three. And let's go ahead and recap those for you, just so that you can feel the pain deep in into your soul. Uh, he had the Steelers minus six and a half. Well, that didn't pan out at all, did it? They did not put up a good showing. Terrible, terrible week for the Steelers. Moving on, uh, I think they benched their quarterback after that game, uh, Mason Rudolph, whatever his name is. Yeah, they barely beat the 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 lowly Bengals. Not a good showing for the Steelers. Um, moving on to the next one, Giants plus six. How'd that turn out, Petty? Uh, he actually didn't go zero and three. He actually pulled out a win on the Giants game. Uh, they they only lost by five. 19 to 14. Oh, man, one-point victory. Giants plus six taking that one-point cover. So, all right, one and two is definitely not as bad as 0 and three. One and two is respectable. Everybody does that every now and then, right? That's right. All right, well, cool. Well, he also had the Raiders, and I've already pre- Yeah, they lost 34 to three to the Jets. (laughs) They got whipped. They were minus three. They were a favorite. Not good. So, one and two this week, not that great, but, you know, the playoffs is when Justin's going to turn it on. So we can't wait to follow him through because he probably already knows who's going to win the Super Bowl right now. But since we've got the NFL out of the way, Petty, talk to me about your picks last week. How'd they go? Uh, I had Minnesota minus 12 and a half coming off the, the big loss. Um, uh, at Northwestern, Northwestern's garbage. They won that one easily. Destruction. Um, my next pick was actually my favorite pick of the week. I had Virginia Tech at home against Pitt. I, I thought Virginia Tech was being very undervalued by Vegas. Turns out I was right. They were a three three point favorite. Uh, they won twenty eight to nothing. Um, the one I missed was I was flying. Um, I get on the plane and Ohio State was up fourteen to nothing, and they should have been up twenty one to nothing. They got to the one yard line. No, they actually ended did up go fumbled. up twenty one to nothing. Uh, Patty. So they were up 21 to nothing. Uh, nice. Nice. We're about to go up 28 to nothing and made that fumble. And that's when Penn State went down and took the, or actually, maybe they missed that one. They did end up going up 21 to nothing. Penn State scores a touchdown. No big deal. Then Penn State scores another touchdown. Everybody's like, ooh, that's kind of a big deal. And then uh, old Dobbins fumbles for nice. Ohio State, gives the ball back to Penn State in. Ohio State territory, but OSU defense kind of locks it down. They get a field goal, and it becomes 21-17. to 17. And, you know, uh, Ohio State pretty much controlled it the rest of the way out. I don't think this was a bad pick. I just think 
Ohio State kind of started the, the slacking. cruise control because yeah. they what I saw I was actually watching the first half in the airport. Uh, Young was doing his thing; he was dominating the, the line of scrimmage. Uh, Penn State couldn't get anything going offensively, and I was like, "That gum, I've got this thing." I, I felt pretty good about it, but apparently, it fell apart when I was on the plane. But to it, uh, I, I guess I was two and one for the week. No, not bad, and that brings you to twenty-one, eighteen, and three on the season, which is you know three games above even. Not bad, man. It sounds like you're making a good move. And again, like I said, the one game you lost this week didn't seem like the kind of, you know, I think, I still think it was a well handicapped game. I appreciate that. And then, and I, I had gotten in a hole, so I pulled out of the hole and, and got a little bit of a lead. Now I just need a build on it. So that's right. Well, how'd you do, Michael? Well, I did a, I had a two in one week as well. Uh, my one getting cute pick, BYU minus 38 and a half, which is a ton against UMass. They're covering this game most of the time. They had a short weather delay where they stopped the game for maybe five or ten minutes. Uh, Brought them back on. After that, it just got sloppy. BYU's already got in their 15th string, and they get uh, backdoored with a UMass late touchdown to put 21. I I told you, I was like, this game's probably going to be something like 55 to 10. Well, it was until they scored that last field goal, and it was like 55 to 17. And... uh, (laughs) That's not the exact score, obviously, but it was in the 50s. It was not enough to win. Let's just say that. So that was my one not cover of the week. Tennessee plus five and a half. I even took this in a pleaser where I gave away six more points. I had Tennessee minus two. They won the game outright by four or five points. Um, Tennessee's getting better. Tennessee's looking strong toward the end of the year. Uh, been undervalued. That was an easy win. It was in everything I bet on on Saturday. and Had a good Saturday. Also, Utah minus 22 at Arizona. Exactly as we thought. Destruction. Utah kicked the crap out of Arizona. We had two and one weekend. Yep. Man, and that brings you to 25, 16, and one overall, man. Still a really good record on the year. Up up nine. That's nine units above yeah, even, heck man. Yeah. That's looking good. But like I said, if it was 32, 16, and one, I'd feel good because I want to hit that 66% mark by the nice. end of the year. Nice. Absolutely, man. Well, look, that's that's our picks. Uh, we're going to have some more really good ones for you. If you've been following Petty and myself this year, you uh, would be... Uh, tw- 12 units? Looks like about 11 units ahead right now. So not bad, man. Not bad. Way to go, Team Week Zero. Hell yeah, we <laughs> win a little bit of money. Well, on it that note... more this week. Since we're winning money, what else do you do in a casino when you're winning money other than get a Saturday morning cocktail? Get yourself drunk. Let's hear a few words from Workspace Solutions. Workspace Solutions of Charlotte, North Carolina provides web design, hosting and domains, digital advertising, social media management, and SEO to all size businesses. From startups to Fortune 500, they have you covered. Talk to Workspace Solutions about a new business idea, a new website for your brand, or their signature product, Digital Presence Management, where they take management of the web and social media off your plate. Visit them at WorkspacePros.com. And thanks again to Workspace Solutions for sponsoring this segment that we're not having this week because we took a lot of time talking about rivalries. So we're going to move straight on into our game breakdowns. And Patty, it looks like you've got a, uh, this is a real shocker. For the first game on our slate, Ole Miss versus Mississippi well, look, we, State. Look, talk man, I don't me. mean to be a homer. We can talk about, man, we can talk about Florida, Florida State. You know, does uh, Florida, Boo. you know, Florida State's uh, interim coach is kind of giving them a little bit of a spark. Can they can they keep it close against Florida's 
Man, nah. let's talk about Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Let's hear what you let's talk about the bread. No, and butter, man, we can talk man. about Clemson, South Carolina. <laughs> you know, is, is Sunshine gonna blow them Boo, up? We've already talked about that. Tell me, tell me why your rebels are man. I tell you what, I, I, we talked about this before the show. Uh, and and I'm not getting Homer here. I usually call this game now as I see it. Now, years ago, I wouldn't have the ability to do that. Um, I know it's a rivalry game, but I've seen games where Ole Miss was checked out and quit and, and State was playing with just a little bit of motivation regardless of the record, and the State will just kick the crap out of Ole Miss in those games. And I've seen Ole Miss do that at the end of the – when Houston Nutt took over at the end of the Sylvester Crew era at Mississippi State, Ole Miss just murdered them. Now, I'm not saying this is – so which type which type of game I, is this? I, I think this is a game where what I've seen out of Mississippi State the last few weeks, this team looks checked out on Joe Moorhead. Um, he he doesn't seem to be a fit in Starkville. Uh, this isn't hating on State. He and you know State will say the same thing. Now and Mullen was another a northern guy, but somehow he just fit down there. He got the personality of that fan base, and Moorhead hadn't been able to tap on it, which might give him more leeway. I think he wants to get out of there. I think it's a team where the offense has never really found an identity. Um, they've got a great running back in Colin Hill, who should be a bigger name. He's one of the best running backs in the SEC. Um, their defense is depleted from from several guys going pro. I think they've given up. And and you know Go what? Ahead. That's and that that's what I wanted to talk about because last year Mississippi State objectively might have had the best defense or at least a top five defense in the country. And they lost a lot of that strength last year. Um, so where they really, in my mind, and what I've seen from handicapping this team, is in my mind, they lost a lot of that strength in the secondary especially. They have been atrocious against the pass this year. Like, one of the worst teams I've seen against the pass. So whenever they're playing a team that's very good at throwing the ball or airing it out, I always go with that team. LSU, Bama, anybody that's playing that's a you know an air raid style offense. Ole Miss is not that, right? So that first throws up a red flag for me. But then when I take it a little step further and I look at what Ole Miss's rushing offense has been able to do against really good defenses, and that's even, you know, taking into account that they're one-dimensional. Teams know that, and they're still able to run. What they did to LSU, they sliced and diced them. So – Normally, in this situation, I would be backing off of this game because you've got a weakness against a weakness and then kind of a strength against a strength. But I think that Ole Miss has the advantage in the strength equation. Uh, like you just said, Ole Miss put up 600 yards of offense against LSU. Um, yeah. the, the Plumley kid can absolutely run. You know what you're going to get in Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss, for some reason, uh, they have not quit under Matt Luke this year yet. That they continue to play hard. They've got some young playmakers, and I think you got a team in Mississippi State who it, it'll be for one of the rare years that State may be checked out a little more. And I may be wrong. They may come out and punch Ole Miss in the face, and Ole Miss uh, has a few turnovers. But I, I think Ole Miss is the team that cares a little more in this game, uh, has a little more to play for, and and I and. Again, I think they might come out with a little more emotion and and kind of pop state early. Well, in the interest of you know speed and letting everyone know that we've dropped all of our major segments this week in order to take care of all that rival we rival 
rivalry rivalry week talk <laughs> that we were doing earlier. Um, I want to go ahead and say this is a pick that Petty had taken in his pick three this week that yeah. I would have taken if he hadn't already taken. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like Ole Miss big in this situation, honestly. And that's – call me a homer. It is what it is. We'll see. I, I, may I agree be a, with you. Yeah, I may be at the end of the week. <laughs> I so agree with you. And, and, you know, and moving into this second game that we've got on our list, we've got three games picked for our breakdowns. But moving into the second game, Ohio State uh, at Michigan. Yeah. Michigan – is it at Michigan? It is. Okay. Ohio, Ohio State – Going to visit Michigan at the big house. Uh, Michigan's getting nine points in this game. Yeah. I mean, we know the talent differential is there. Ohio State definitely has been recruiting better, but Michigan's been recruiting pretty good. So, you know, on Michigan's best day and Ohio State's worst day, I definitely think Michigan could win. But what do you think is going to happen in this game, Petty? Man... We always, I mean, Harbaugh was our one of our favorite punching bags at the beginning of the season, and then Michigan's quietly gotten better and better throughout the season. I, and we also love to punch on Shea Patterson. Um, I, Shea has become a system quarterback. They haven't been turning the ball over. Their defense has been playing lights out. They, uh, they, they've been steadily piling on points as the game goes on by not making mistakes, by forcing teams into turnovers. Uh, Ohio State has actually shown glimpses of, of, of sloppy play the last, last few weeks. They, I mean, they, they beat Rutgers, but it wasn't the way you expected them uh, to. They, they actually kind of slopped through it in the first half. Um, last week, uh, you know, I, I missed the game, but from all accounts, they played lights out in the first half and the second half kind of let up. You know, you go to a, a place like Michigan and who's not making mistakes and you let up and make a mistake or two and, and Michigan, you know, c- could pop you. Uh, I think Ohio State does have more talent right now. But Michigan's not playing bad football. That plus nine line is very weird for it at home. It's almost, I, I don't know, maybe is is they, they think Ohio, Ohio State's getting a lot of respect or is Michigan? Let me tell you something about that line that I noticed. It's not plus 10. That should tell you something. Yeah. They, they think Ohio State's probably going to cover it, I feel like. Uh-huh. I don't know, man. For some weird reason, I'm liking Michigan in that spot to keep it closer. If it was Michigan plus 10 or 10 and a half, I would think, you know, that the handicappers, I haven't been able to sit down and find the edge in this game. And that's why I sometimes try to just glean what Vegas was figuring out. Um, For me, 10 or 10 and a half. And I would be like, take Michigan in this, you know, when it's nine, eight or seven, you know, I lean toward the favorite when all other things are equal now and and i will say this shea patterson has historically played his worst football in big games he um he thrives against some of the smaller teams um and look man this is a big game ohio state's got a defense that can absolutely get after that tail i think he scored a big goose egg against wisconsin right yeah (laughs) i mean and wisconsin doesn't have have uh the the young kid coming off the 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 and, and we know what he does when he's motivated, and I'm assuming he's going to be motivated for this game. Yeah, I have a feeling he'll be motivated for this game. Well, I, I'll be excited to see what he's got coming. So it sounds to me like you think uh, the edge might be on the Michigan side? 
I, I think Ohio State's going to win the game, but I think it could be uglier than than expected. I would not disagree with that. I also probably won't touch this game because I feel like it is one of those just incredible toss ups. And you yeah. know, thank thanks to the guy who made this a double point game in the pick'em. Yeah. you know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, bud. Well, all right, for our third game this week, and this is probably going to be a big shocker to everybody listening, but we're actually going to try and talk about some of the advantages and disadvantages in the Alabama versus Auburn game. Auburn is at home getting three and a half points. Petty, tell me what you think. Well, man, let me take the angle that that, the Bama Nation doesn't want to hear. You know, um, as rough as a season as Bo Nix has had, and especially the big games, and, and look, there's no doubt the edge talent-wise goes to Alabama. They've got top-end receivers all over the field. But the one thing you got to be worried about, and this is something my, i got to give my brother-in-law credit we talked about, uh, you, the fear you have as a Bama fan is Mac Jones playing in an environment like the, the, what's the roughest environment he's played in right now so far, Arkansas. Um, and he has, and he hasn't faced a defensive line. What if he gets, what if he does get rattled? What if, what if Brown or, or Davidson get an early shot in on him and you know, he gets a little rattled and that the offense gets out of sync. Here's the thing, Patty, you not, None of that matters, Petty. That's what you don't understand. <laughs> it's all about whether or not the Indians that are buried there want to let Alabama win this year or not. It doesn't matter what the players think. It doesn't matter what the coaches think. It's all about those Indians. <laughs> okay, look, I, I didn't see that coming, did you? I had no argument. I have zero argument. It is a bit. If you've are listened the to this show, are you, the spirits uh, on the planes on Saturday? We 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 talked about this before the show, and Michael said that here's the fear: if if there's six minutes left to go and it's a one score game, the one thing you can count I on is Malzahn's going to start making the best calls of the game he's made. You there? Look, and I said this to Petty before, and I'll eat a lot of crow for this, pretty much, and catch a lot of shit, but. With four minutes to go, down seven or up seven, there's not a coach in the SEC that you'd rather have than Malzahn. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, any score, you would give – you'd take any other coach besides him. But for some <laughs> reason, when that guy's in the game at the end, you're screwed, man. And I don't want to have to remind everybody – about the kick six or about these crazy tip plays that they get against people. Like magic things happen. If Auburn is within <laughs> striking distance at the end of the game, especially when you're playing on the Indian burial ground. And look, and that's why in, in if their defensive lines, making things hectic for, for Jones, it could get weird down there. So there's my, there's my devil's advocate take on, look, there's no doubt Auburn's let's look at it real. Alabama's defense, it, it's not the relative to the defensive people are used to Alabama having. It's not one of those, but it's not as bad as everybody makes it out it to is be. Either. Definitely not. And Auburn's offense isn't great. But look, it's not Miss, as bad as everybody makes out it is most of the time. Yeah. So 
I mean, the, the, the key to the game and, you know, I hate to break it. I mean, it's so fundamental to say it's going to be Bama's offensive line against Auburn's defensive line. And it's line. the scheme about it too. It's ma- not just player versus player. It's which yeah, coach what scheme can is, ba- the, is Can the coach figure out a way to neutralize Derek Brown without opening it up for the other stupid, ridiculous defensive players that they have? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can, can is Bama going to go to the quick step drops? Uh, you, are you going to see the quick the quick? I don't think Mac Jones holds a ball more than three or four seconds unless he's throwing a bomb that's planned and they've got good protection called. And man, I think they're going to get it out of his hands quick. I don't think they want to have to deal with a situation where Talia has to come in. I don't think that they think he's and, ready for that. An underrated so. key man, Najee Harris is finally looking like the 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 Derrick Henry type back that everybody thought when he signed as the five star kid out of. I mean, halfway through this season, everybody would have said, "Oh, Najee Harris is a bust." But then you look at his average yards per carry, and I won't say it. I want everybody to go Google it, see if you can figure out what Najee Harris's average yards. And per look carry. at the last eight games because the last eight games is like 180 yards a game. Look at the crazy. whole season. Look 150. At the, look at the whole season. It, it's definitely a double-digit average, and you wouldn't think that in the whole season considering, you know, it's just the receivers have been so good, none of which happened to be Bolitnikoff. <laughs> Michael's uh, a little burned on that. Which is cool. <laughs> it's okay, Judy's already got one, but I feel like uh, Smitty deserved a yeah, call so this year the- considering, especially if you put his numbers beside CD. Uh, you know, he just scores touchdowns without getting touched. He doesn't have to dance around to do it. But if you're going to dance, C.D. Lamb yeah, is the dude, guy. Dude's good. He's electric. But to stand out amongst other guys. But uh, that that's – I mean, there there's the there's the other take. I mean, I, like I said, everybody I know is talking about the receivers. Bama's got the offense. Um, and maybe people are taking that, that take. I think but there's uh, your – I have a hot take for everybody that's listening. Um I'm pretty sure the entire country is underestimating, you know, Mac Jones, or maybe they're overestimating the impact of having such an awesome quarterback as Tua. He's probably only worth six or seven points a game. And I'm pretty confident that this would have been a 13 point line uh, had he been healthy and in the game. And now it's three and a half. I think this thing should be more like six and a half, eight and a half. Uh, Look, man, there's no doubt Jones has shown the arm. And if they get the offense, if the offense gets clicking with that receiving core and, and, and start opening up lanes for – I think we just need him not to screw for, up. For Najee, I mean, yeah. Bama very well could blow it up. Absolutely. Well, without just completely giving away our picks, we're going to jump into – since we're talking about Auburn, I think that Charles Darwin – I'm just kidding. <laughs> Love you guys. It's hate week. It's rivalry week. I can do that. But – Anyway, just kidding. Our friend David is a uh, closet Auburn fan over at uh, Custom Plumbing Gas Fitters. So let's get a word from this company man, can real we, quick. Can we, out, we... can we out that right now? Dude lives in Tuscaloosa and his number one team's Tennessee and his number two team's Auburn. Oh, yeah, and it's number 1.52. Back in the Fear of the Thumb days, he was, he was a full-on Auburn fan. But uh, without talking about that too much, let's hear a word from Custom Plumbing and Gas Fitters before we jump into Darwin's. Custom Plumbing and Gas Fitters of Tuscaloosa, Alabama are your licensed, insured, and bonded plumbers and gas fitters. They are quality leaders in residential and commercial, new construction and renovation. 
contact David at 205-534-2800 and mention Week Zero Podcast for a custom plumbing t-shirt when your job is complete. Again, that's 205-534-2800. All right, and thanks again to our friend David, the Closet Auburn fan over at Custom Plumbing and Gas Fitters. Uh, As we told you before, we're not getting into Darwin's this week. Um, We had too much rivalry talk, and we just don't want to drag this on. So we'll be right back with next week's Darwin Awards, and we'll cover those last week winners uh, next week. So moving on into the most important segment of the week, as always, we're going to get to our weekly pick three presented by DreamWork Financial Group. A quick word from DreamWork. DreamWork Financial Group of Birmingham, Alabama is a registered investment advisory and fee-only fiduciary. They offer personalized portfolios, wealth management, and custom investment funds. Chief Financial Strategist Clint Kirby says don't settle for an ETF or a mutual fund when you can own the underlying stocks. Check out their Spectre and Tempo funds at dreamwork.financial slash week zero. Disclaimer, investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy. And thanks again to Clint and DreamWork Financial for our weekly pick three. Hedy and I... Pick three games against the spread. Uh, we keep up with our record throughout the season. Uh, you heard our uh, results from last week earlier, so let's jump right into the picks. Petty, tell me about your picks this week. All right, Michael. Um, man, uh, I guess I – well, maybe I'm going to reverse these. I'm, I'm going to uh, leave my homer pick for last. Um We'll start out with uh, a team I went with last week. Kind of high on them, man. I still think they're getting undervalued. I, I think they're they're stepping up in competition this week, and it's, it is a rivalry game on the road. So I'm going with a a road favorite in a rivalry, which hmm. is kind of brave. But I like Virginia Tech minus two and a half at Virginia. It's eleven o'clock at ABC. That's on Friday um, at eleven o'clock. But man, I. I, I like the way Virginia Tech's playing right now. Fuente's got them really playing good. Nice. I like that. I like the Dave Matthews pick of the week coming to you again for the third week in the row. <laughs> third week in the row. I've 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 gotten um I've I've been tripping billies with with uh, Fuente. Well, I love it, man. Well, it's it looks to me like you didn't give me the courtesy of uh, picking my favorite hot team at the end of the year this week. So tell me who's your second second pick. pick I'm going with man. We're going with my, my boy. Where are we? Just rocket top. You'll always be home, sweet home to me. <laughs> Woo! To Petty. <laughs> uh, this you know a little ode to the to the sponsor of this this segment, uh, Davo. Who, like I said, number one fan of Tennessee still. Uh, Tennessee man, that they, they've just gotten better as the week's gone on. Vanderbilt, I think, is lifeless. Vanderbilt's kind of slapped Tennessee a couple years in a row. They're going to Knoxville. It's in Tennessee's a huge 21 point favorite, but man, I think Tennessee takes some aggressions out on them and and beats the crap out of Andy this, this Saturday. Uh, that's the three o'clock Jefferson pilot game. Jefferson pilot. Does that still exist? (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. That's what I call the SEC network. I thought when ESPN, (laughs) gotcha. SEC network. SEC network, basically the Jefferson pilot game. Oh man. So good. I like that. I like that. So your Jefferson pilot game of the week, uh, Vandy at Tennessee, Tennessee minus 21. If Vandy scores 10 points, I'd be surprised. And if Tennessee didn't score 40, I'd be surprised. So, uh, that gives you about a nine point leeway by my math. So, Good luck, my man. I like this. Uh, I wish you'd have left my, Rocky Top for me. <laughs> all right, and one more, man. Um, coming to you on Turkey Day. 
uh, after you've after you've filled up on your second round at six thirty. Ole Miss is a two and a half point underdog going to start Ganistan to play the the Maroons. Look, Patty, the only thing that that worries me about this game is this is your natural Thanksgiving nap time. This is when the turkey <laughs> kicks in and the dressing's soaked in and you can't hold your eyes open anymore. All the whiskey is just like, you know, it's basically pee. <laughs> well, I'm hoping at that point the the Plumley show is is going to be enough to keep you awake. I hope so too because I like it. I do like this pick again. Um, when I rolled through the picks, I could have picked two of your picks this week. I knew you were going to pick Ole Miss, and I knew you were going to pick Virginia Tech. The Tennessee pick kind of surprised <laughs> me a little bit because that is getting to be a slightly big line. But again, I still think you've got a good value there. I, man, I'm 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 feeling Rocky Top. They've been hot. Uh, they've been hot against the spread the last few weeks. They won you. They they won for you last week, and maybe the week before. I can't. I think you may have had them uh, another time recently. Oh yeah. No, remember. I've been uh, I've been on them for the last couple of weeks. With that said, who who have you got this week? I think I know one. Well, earlier you were talking about uh, road teams that you thought you saw some value on. I think Mac Jones is undervalued. I like Alabama minus three and a half at Auburn. Oh, wow. That was quick. Just spit it on out there. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those games where when it came out again, I was trying to bet it like the second it came out. But I was like, if I wait, maybe it'll go to two and a half because, you know, Mac Jones just Alabama is just no good without Tua. And that's a fact. So I think Vegas needs to get on that fact, run this line over to about a plus seven for Bama and let me back up the truck on it. I hear you, buddy. <laughs> I love the confidence. I love it. Bama down on the Indian burial ground, no less. You want me to tell you the skit? Do me tell you the the interesting part of what I'm coming up with? Twenty four to thirty one to ten to seventeen. So somewhere Alabama in the twenty four to thirty one range, and Auburn seventeen. We're like twenty one seventeen is a potential score. Here. Yeah. So, but I do think at the upper range of that. But yeah. Um, and if you factor in the Indian burial ground, Bama could lose by 30 in this game for real. <laughs> there you have it, folks. <laughs> All right. I'm not kidding. I mean, it's amazing. I There are very few times in the world when I just capitulate, and I've capitulated to Jordan-Harris Stadium. It is, it, it's, it's, a, it's something I know not what to quote our man, uh, Isaac Newton. Right, so moving on to game number two. Um, I've got the LSU Tigers headed over to Texas A&M. Texas A&M is plus 17 and a half. Um, I do think LSU's defense is suspect, so a guy like Jimbo can put up some points on the board. Uh, I don't think this game is going to be close. I could see this in the 38 to 25 range, 38 to 21 range, which would almost burn me, but... You know, I can see this. Uh, I'm looking for a little value on Texas A&M. LSU uh, just became number one in the country, number two in the country again. Maybe that motivates them for dropping down a slot. I don't know how much that matters. Uh, I think Texas A&M um, will just keep it within the Strangely, number. man, it's probably not a good thing that I agree, but I do agree with that one. Uh, um, uh, yeah, because loss. <laughs> LSU has shown the tendency the last few games to get somewhat distracted. And A and M, I don't know, I don't know for overvaluing what they did at Georgia because Georgia's offense has been so sloppy this year, and LSU's off, uh, offense can light it up. 
Um, and and I watched a Texas A&M, you, uh, Texas A&M team that Ole Miss probably should have beat in Oxford. What, that was one of the games I questioned a lot of the coaching decisions. But I, I don't know, man. I'm with you. I think I, I think LSU kind of gets lackadaisical in the second half, and this is at Texas A&M. I think, I think A&M might can keep this in the number. You know, I looked around for a better game to play than that, and I'm – like I said, I, I'm not like, oh, I love Texas A&M in this game. It's just one of the plays that, you know, it was basically settled on it, to be perfectly honest. Um, same with the next one that's coming up. Uh, I, d- I do think this isn't really a rivalry game, but it is a competitive game generally. And 17 and a half just maybe is too much. I would not be surprised if LSU won 41 to 10, just to be honest. But it's yeah. the best value I could find on the board. And then moving on to this next one, I mean – this game is a play on two things. Rivalry games are generally closer than what people expect. And number two, Oklahoma has not exactly been dominating people in the last few games. So you put those two facts together, uh, and you've got what I think is a pretty good recipe for some value. Uh, Oklahoma State's not a great team. Um, they can hang if they need to on, on, on a good day for them. I think they can hang with Oklahoma. This is Bedlam. Stuff gets crazy. It, it is a rivalry That's that Oklahoma's kind of so been State one-sided, 13, but yeah. I, th- I think there have been a lot of closer games in it. Uh, and again, yes. Oklahoma's yes. defense hasn't shown me the ability to keep a team from, from keeping it somewhat close. And I think Oklahoma State does have a, a pretty solid offense. I'm uh, – if I was taking this, I'd definitely be on the Oklahoma State side because I don't trust Oklahoma's defense to keep anybody outside of a number that big. Yeah. With a comp. And to be perfectly honest, if it wasn't for Oklahoma's second half defense in the last oh, yeah. two weeks, uh, they'd already have three losses. So uh, let's give a little credit where credit's Jaylen's due. Put, they Jalen's been, been putting them in holes to start each game. Um, I think that's been a big focus of the team. I just think teams are understanding how to guard Jalen. I've seen this happen in my league. Yeah. Um, and once the secret's out, the secret's out. Yep. I mean, that's just the truth of what it is. So that's our three picks for the week, guys. Yeah. Um, I hope we go 6-0. and oh. Odds are we won't. But if we do, that's you right. can bet your sweet ass we'll brag about it next week. <laughs> that's right. Well, um, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode about Rivalry Week, and I hope that when we get into our editing Ooh. that we do a fantastic job of making it sound way better than we did it. Good so, luck, Michael, on the editing. You know what? At at this point, Mr. Petty, I can't tell you no on a fun fact. So just bring me something well, to close this thing. A uh, little fun fact from uh, over overseas. Um, France didn't stop executing people via the guillotine until 1977 like star wars had hit the theaters and they were still lopping off heads now i have to ask is this because this is thanksgiving week and you're thinking about all the turkeys who are losing their poor little heads this week and that's what brought on the guillotine or is this just you know Straight up morbid Morbid fascination, but I would parlay it into there are several people from Mississippi State history that I would like to put onto the guillotine. Okay, cool. Yeah, Yeah, we can all dig that. We can dig that. Well, um, maybe we'll get out a Twitter poll. Who deserves the guillotine? Can we bring it back? Gregory um, favors for next week. Leo Lewis. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Leo Lewis, the Tua killer. Plump, awesome. Sleepy Robinson. Uh, I'm glad he made Alinda the list, Truitt, to be honest. Aria. Jackie Sherrill. <laughs> Dan Mullen. What, what I'm naming. I was like, I'm glad... I'm glad you oh, made yeah. the list, Aria. <laughs> <laughs> these are all the people that I say. I say their names every night before bed. All these Mississippi State people from my history. Exactly. And that's how you know that they're all going to die by Petty's hand or, you know. Pork chop, Walmart. That, that big break. The total, total fiction. But, you know, the last thing I want to say before we go is uh, we really enjoyed making this show this week. And we're happy for anyone who stuck through this this far. Um, I want you guys to all go back and try to say rivalry week three times fast before you go to bed tonight. God bless. Uh, bet on the winners and happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble to everybody out there. Yeah. Peace until next time. Week zero sports over and out.